Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom. This is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. Welcome to the 12th episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and liberation through the lens of Rav Cook's commentaries on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. So in the past couple of episodes, we've been discussing pieces of a section in the Haggadah where we learn the following. It's a teaching from Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel Haya Omer. And this is right after we sing Dayenu and then the song Va'al Achat Kama Vakama. So you'll see there a section where Rabban Gamliel, and this is the second Rabban Gamliel, his grandfather who preceded the destruction of the second temple was the first. This Rabban Gamliel was his grandson who was the first Nasi, the first leader of the Sanhedrin after the destruction of the second temple in 70 CE. And I believe I can't emphasize enough how important it is to put his teaching in the context of when he was teaching this in the very uh, traumatic, very heartbreaking, disastrous time in Jewish history, he was lucid enough as the Nasi of the Sanhedrin to remind us of what needed to be addressed at the Seder. I find it absolutely remarkable how he was able to stay so focused in the midst of such such sadness, such such terrible, terrible. Um, it was a holocaust of, of, of yes. So this is his teaching. Rabban Gamliel Haya Omer, he would say, Kal Shalo Pesach, one who does not address and talk about these three subject matters on Pesach, lo chovato. One is then not discharged from one's obligation to sit down at the Seder and observe the mitzvah of uh, talking about coming out of Egypt, eating matzah, eating marwah. So what are the three? Ve'eluhein, Pesach, referring to the Korban Pesach, talking about that. Remember, there was no temple. And he was the first Nasi addressing what to do after there's no temple. So at the very least, we need to talk about it. Pesach, Korban Pesach, the Passover lamb offering. Matzah, which we discussed in yesterday's episode. Umarwah, and the bitter herb. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss the marwah. So in the Haggadah, we read, following this, Marwah zu she'anu ochlim, this bitter herb that we eat, al-shuma, what does it signify? Al-shum she'meruru ha-mitzrim et chayai avotenu b'mitzrayim. It signifies that the Egyptians embittered the lives of our fathers in Egypt. As it says, and it's a pasuk from Shemot Aleph Yudalad, Exodus 1, the 14th verse. 
They embittered their lives with hard labor. With mortar and bricks and all manner of labor in the field. Et kol avodatam, all the labor they made them perform, asher abdu was backbreaking. The active word here is b'farach. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was bitter. It's very clear that this is a reference to before we were redeemed, our lives were embittered. A student of Rav Cook, his name is Rav Yitzchak Arieli. He had developed a very close relationship with Rav Cook after the Rav returned to Israel and moved in moved to Yerushalayim in 1921. He became one of Rav Cook's leading students. In fact, in 1966, Rav Arieli was awarded the esteemed Israel Prize in Rabbinic Literature. He was born in the Old City in 1896 and passed away in Yerushalayim in 1974. And this is his understanding as a student of Rav Kook about Marah, specifically addressing the order. Because Rabban Gamliel says, Pesach, Matzah, Umarah. So he teaches as follows. Seemingly, the chronological order has been reversed. Marah, which is the bitterness of bondage, as we refer to it in the Pasuk, preceded Matzah, which was the symbol of freedom. That's what we took out, the dough that we took out of Egypt with us. That became Matzah. In fact, according to the Rambam, Marah precedes Matzah in Hilchot Chametz U Matzah, in Mishnah Torah. The idea and this is, this is such an important teaching. The idea is that after the redemption came, they began in retrospect to feel the bitter taste of the exile. So I ask all of us to think back in our lives, in our own Magid, in our own Haggadah, as we tell our narratives. Think back on times when we felt we were in our own spiritual exile, where we were distant from ourselves, we were alienated from ourselves, we felt embittered by whatever it was around us that, that was oppressing us, other cultures' values, expectations, demands of us, where we didn't feel we could be our true selves. And now we are, in a sense, we're becoming, we are coming out of that space hopefully, and expanding and cultivating this consciousness of inner liberation, inner freedom. I find in my own life, when I look back at a time in my life, at various times in my life, when I lived in a spiritual Mitzrayim, I can sense the bitterness now even more acutely than when I was in the middle of it. It was only by coming out of it that we can then look back and realize, oh my gosh, how did I ever, how did I ever live through that? It's much more embittered than I have ever realized 
because now my life is more sweet. And I think that's the teaching, that's the power of this teaching of Rav Yitzchak Arieli. And I do believe, I want to suggest it comes on the heels of constantly Rav Cook is always emphasizing, never forget, ever, ever forget where we came from. Always remember our past, honor our past, look back at it, re-visualize it, re-experience it. Because without our past, obviously, obviously we would not be where we are in our present. Where we are in our present and hopefully we are moving out of a Yitziat personal Mitzrayim where life is more sweet, where life is more a life of cultivating fidelity to our true inner selves, to our souls, to the divine presence within us. Yet, all those bitter moments in the past led up, continues to lead up to that moment where we are celebrating now, both as individuals, in a family, and as a community, as a nation. And of course, Rav Cook teaches, he threads together many, many different shades. There's the shades, there's the texture of the personal, the individual, and then there's also the teaching to the upcoming budding of the new, renewed Am Yisrael coming back home, coming back to Eretz Yisrael. So any of his teachings organically and naturally flow back and forth. So many people who have moved here reflect back, especially people who moved here, let's say like in the 19th, after the Holocaust from the lands of the Arab countries who were forced out, refugees, survivors of the Holocaust from Europe, other people who felt pushed out, pushed out, come to Eretz Yisrael and look back. It's only after they begin to really live their lives here as a free people back home, look back on the lives that were so oppressed. And of course, I want us to refer back to our spiritual lives. We can be in Yerushalayim, we can be in Alaska and experience this bondage, this oppressive, terrible, embittered life by forces external to us, which cause us to feel block, locked in and restricted and alienated and lonely from one's own self. So I invite us all to celebrate, to celebrate not with a smile on your face, but realizing it's part of the process. It's really part of the process to celebrate and to honor and to give space with our own compassion for all the bitterness in our lives that have brought us and helped us move to wherever we may be now. And that is why, in fact, according to this teaching, it's very apropos, it's very important to mention Mara only after Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for being present. And I look forward, Be'ezrat Hashem, please God, to sharing episode 13 with all of you tomorrow. Kotuv Ulehitoot. Shalom, shalom. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. 
And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.